Welcome everyone to Voice of the Valley here in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm your host, Dave Bell. 428-9494 is the phone number, 928-428-9494. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, We had a, a good weekend and a bad weekend. Does that make sense? It will. So I had to, uh, unfortunately, miss the Hispanic Heritage uh, celebration at EA. Had to go out of town for my wife's business, so we were doing that on Saturday. But luckily, it was only to Tucson, so we got to visit the grandson. So that's that's the good part. Bad part was we lost a friend over the weekend, too. So uh, I, I wouldn't say anything, but the family has already announced it. So uh, Sandra Gaines passed away on Saturday. She was uh, one of my classmates in Gila Valley leadership. We were class nine. But more than that, she was uh, uh, dedicated to the community and a good friend. So, going to miss Sandra. Very, very much so. I don't have any details yet on uh, services or anything like that. I haven't heard. I know the family's planning... And I know a tentative date was thrown out there, but I don't know if it's firm or not. So for anybody that knows Sandra, through Secus, through her business, um, just through being a good person, pretty legitimately one of the best people. So let's see. My guest today is going to be Jennifer Labrum. I know she'll be here. I'm not worried about that. We're early, so we'll get there. In the meantime, it's the first Monday in October. You know what that means. The Supremes, not the good ones, not Diana Ross and Mary Wilson and and, uh, the other one. I don't know who the other one was. I hate to say that. Uh, The Supreme Court returns to action today. And they start considering the cases they will hear. That's all they're doing, by the way, is just considering the cases they will hear. Uh, But already news has come out, which is kind of shocking. So uh, John Eastman, the attorney who proposed the way that he believed the election, the 2020 election could be overturned, the results of the election be overturned, and give the win to then incumbent President Trump uh, has appealed. Uh, And that appeal has gone to the Supreme Court. Whether or not they hear it has not been decided. However, Clarence Thomas has recused himself from any discussion over the case. Wait, what? Thomas, who, as we are learning, may be facing significant ethical violations. Whether or not the Supreme Court does anything about that, don't know. Actually, they're not going to do anything about it. But they should. Any justice, any judge who compromises him or herself should not be behind the bench. It's fair. I don't care if you're a liberal judge or a conservative judge. If you compromise yourself, you're not in a position to adjudicate. 
And he apparently has many, 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 many times in the pocket of some some big money conservatives who have argued cases before the Supreme Court and he has not recused himself. For the first time, he's recusing himself. Now, it should be noted, his wife is alleged to be a co-conspirator for this plan. There are text messages out there of her trying to convince state delegations to do this sort of thing, to, to participate in what Eastman had proposed, which Eastman says is constitutional. I don't see it, but okay. So I, I, I'm surprised. I, I did not expect this. Um, seeing all the reporting on Robert, uh, excuse me, on um, on Thomas, and who's the other one? Was it Alito that that has also been accused of uh, of taking way too many freebies and handouts and that sort of thing, or was it Roberts? I forget which. Um, has, as I think, driven to the forefront. Well, let me let me let me do it this way. Rather than just the Supreme Court, the Trump years, I think, have shown America that we cannot rely on. Elected officials and or appointed officials to simply do the right thing. So much of what has been done to damage our country has been done because there's nowhere in writing saying, don't do this. There's nowhere in writing saying a judge should not take free vacations with somebody who's arguing before the court. There's nowhere in writing that says a Supreme Court justice should not have somebody who's arguing before the Supreme Court pay off his mother's house and then allow his mother to still live there rent-free or pay for his nephew's schooling. Nephew he's raising as his own child. Good for Thomas on that part. Um, there's nothing in writing. There's nothing in writing saying a president shouldn't show a hostile foreign power intelligence that it got from an ally, which Trump did, showed Russia intelligence that we received from Israel. There's, yeah, I mean, there's so many things that that we just assumed you don't do because that's not the right thing to do. But because it's not in writing, they do it. And you can't can't get mad because it's not in writing. Because it's not against the law. It's not unconstitutional. There's so much that it took those who have a true lust, lust for power, a lust 
to do the things only they want to do, whether or not they're good for the rest of the country, whether or not it's the right thing to do, just the things they want to do, they believe. And we're seeing it even at the local levels, school boards, banning books, banning books. Look, I know it's a meme on social media, but I'm going to repeat it. Has there ever been a time where the book banners have been the hero? No, they're the bad guys. Fear of information is not something to be proud of. We don't want to teach our children that. Well, then apparently you're a bad parent because you're not teaching your kids. It's, it's the argument I had with Blake Masters when he was here. I don't know if we had this one on the air. I don't think we did when he was here. And, and kudos to Blake Masters for coming in and taking tough questions. I give him credit for that. He was opposed to sending every kid to college because most colleges, according to him, were liberal bastions that uh, they just turn kids away from good conservative principles. Well, my argument is you went to college. In fact, you went to a pretty notoriously liberal college, Stanford. You're conservative. Let's face it, Blake Masters is going to send his kids to college. He's going to. The wealthy always do. And his kids are probably going to come out conservative. Because he's conservative, his wife's conservative, they teach conservative principles in their household. Somehow, conservatives make their way out of college fine, but the average person can't, so let's not fund college. No, they just don't want you to be educated. Not not conservatives, the crazy alt-rights. It's the same thing with books. We don't want you teaching this to our kids. Well, aren't you giving them the foundational principles in the home? Aren't you teaching the kids how to decipher good information from bad information? Stranger danger. Somebody offers you a ride, you don't take it. You're teaching them that. Look both ways before you cross the street. If you're teaching them this stuff, Why are you afraid of a book? You know, that Mary has two mommies. There are kids with two mommies. There are kids with two daddies. Not a ton, but there are some. It's reality. Worse is, of course, Florida completely changing the historical narrative. You know, slaves, they benefited. The enslavement of a people actually turned out to give them some skills. No, 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 no. Once they were freed, they could turn around and and use those skills to their betterment. By the way, talk to any African-American whose family lived in the South through both Reconstruction and the Jim Crow years. They were not able to use any skills. They were virtually enslaved again through bizarre anti-voting laws, uh, debt, 
prison. Because remember, you can make prisoners work. So let's just arrest a bunch of black people. Make them work for free. It's still going on, by the way. Which applies to all prisoners, not just black prisoners. It's just that blacks make up the preponderance of our prison population. But applies to all prisoners, Hispanic, white, Native American, Asian. Doesn't matter what kind, what color you are in prison. You're working for free. When fear, fear of knowledge is frightening to me. So anyway, I I know I I took a massive turn there. Um, we have to put stuff in. We have to put stuff in writing. We just we just have to. We have to say you cannot do this. Luckily, at the local level, we have those sorts of things. They're still open to interpretation here and there. I think I've told this story before. Um, so I was living in Lake Havasu City. I was a reporter. And uh, Lake Havasu wanted a mall so badly. I moved there in 93. They had a big sign, future home of the mall. Yeah, it, it, no. But eventually... Right around 2005, 2006, somebody said, you know what? The time is right. Let's let's build. So the landowners found a developer. They were ready to sell the land. But before that, they had worked out a deal with the city. They told the city, because it was pretty far away from the main part of the city. It was on the outskirts. And they made a deal with the city that uh, if you put in you know, roads, water, you know, basically all the the um, infrastructure. So water, sewer, roads, that was the cities. There's a private company that does electric. Uh, Tucson Electric, actually, I believe. It's one of their subsidiaries does electric for Lake Havasu. So if you guys do that, we'll pay you back when the land sells. Uh so they got a buyer eventually. They The city did all that. They got a buyer and the city said, great, pay us back. When you make this sale, pay us back. And they went, yeah, um, if you don't forgive that debt, we can't sell this loan because or sell this property because the, the developer won't do it. Now, that wasn't the case. They just simply um, wanted to make more money. But the council did that. And... Uh, they were challenged. That council eventually got recalled. There are repercussions for doing the wrong thing. So we need to, apparently at the federal level, put the wrong things in writing so that people know not to do them. We cannot rely on uh, good intentions. They, they no longer exist, apparently. Except uh, when your wife is involved. And then, then a justice will recuse himself. So good for Thomas. About time you did the right thing the first time. Good for you. How old is he? 75? Not too, not too early to start doing the right thing, I guess. Uh, Jennifer Labrum with the Graham County Health Department. Thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate it. 
Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Last time you were here, we were talking about suicide prevention. September is Suicide Prevention Month. We're in October now. Yes. But that doesn't mean we can't prevent suicide now. (laughs) That is exactly right. It's a year-round thing. Yeah. So um, how did it go in September with the outreach, with the effort to make people aware there are alternatives? Yes. So actually, I was in um, some of our middle schools around the valley and then also at the college, and it was very well received. I was a little bit surprised at how well, I'm I'm glad I was surprised, but I was a little bit surprised at how well it was received. Um, At some point um, when I visit, I offer bracelets that say, you know, you are enough or don't give up. And um, I have temporary tattoos. And the middle school kids love the temporary tattoos. Of course, the college kids don't because they'll just go out and get a tattoo, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. But the middle school kids love the temporary tattoos. They were asking, oh, can I have some for my friends? Um, and the college kids love the bracelets. And they were asking, can I have some for my friends? And so it was, it was good to see the positive response to that kind of campaign. I, I'm a Reddit guy. My wife is a TikTok viewer. <laughs> I just can't do the videos. Um, and I'll be honest, there, being a baby boomer, there are times I see uh, people writing about, oh, I needed a mental health day, or there's a lot of that. And my boss was stressing me out. And there are times I'm sitting there reading this, going, just come on now, just just finish the work day. But I also think to myself, we don't know what everybody's going through. Right. And it's always, you always hear this when somebody does take their own life. I never knew. Yeah. Um, so we can't dismiss. Right. The people who, who voice something. Right. Absolutely. We never want to dismiss it. I know I've heard a lot of people say, well, they're just doing it for attention. Right. Well, you know, if you are going to go to that extreme to get attention, then we probably need to give you some attention. Um, and, and maybe they don't really want to take their life. Most people who actually attempt or even complete suicide don't really want to die, but they see it as the only way to relieve the pain that they're feeling. Um, and so we want to always take it seriously when somebody makes a comment or a post online that's becoming more frequent these days. Um, we want to take it seriously. I want to talk about a celebrity for a moment. And it's not that I'm crazy about celebrities. I've met my share. I don't care. I just, (laughs) I really have met a lot of celebrities through the years and they're real people. And most of them are people you wouldn't particularly want to hang out with. I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, Britney Spears, Mm -hmm. when she had her breakdown, gee, more than a decade ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, Then a lot of people made fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, and I'll be honest, I was one of them. Uh, I just, my wife showed me the video on TikTok, ah. just saw her uh, dancing with knives. And it was kind of, it was off-putting. And this time I didn't make fun. This time my response was, this is a young woman in crisis. Yeah, She needs help. I hope that's where we're getting to. Right, right. Where we have a little more compassion, a little more awareness that usually if we're doing things that are dangerous to get people's attention, we, we really do. It's it's a cry for help. We're, we're seeking help. And um, 
so I always kind of cringe a little bit when somebody says, oh, they're just doing it for attention. Um, we, we need to take it seriously. So some of the signs of suicide um, would be things like that. Risky behavior um, or maybe an increase in risky behavior. We all are you know, risk takers to some point or another. So it kind of depends on where our baseline was, but an increase in risky behavior. Um, we may start um, talking or writing or singing um, about uh, death and things like that. Um, we may voice or post um, things like we feel hopeless or trapped or things will never change. My life will never change. Um, that kind of desperate hopelessness, um, or I'm a burden on others. Um, so things like that can, can indicate, um, that someone might be contemplating suicide. Um, and like I said, just because they're thinking about suicide doesn't mean that they actually want to attempt or that they ever will attempt, but it still means that they need help. Does increased or... I want to I want to phrase this delicately for the radio. Um, unusual sexual activity is that also a reflector? It can because if we really consider it, that's risky behavior. Right. Right. That, that's why I was asking. Yes. So if I'm uh, married and suddenly I'm mm-hmm. having an affair, or mm-hmm. not that everybody who has an affair is suicidal, right. but but or delving into weirder sexual realms. Mm-hmm. Not weirder. Different. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't begrudge anybody their lifestyle. Their lifestyle's theirs. It's not mine. I don't care what you do as long as you don't hurt anybody or yourself. But there, there are people that delve into things that maybe they hadn't. Right, right. So any major change in personality and behaviors and mood is going to be an indicator of um, a, a mental health struggle um, and that, you know, could lead or indicate suicidal thoughts. So it could be a temporary mental health issue. Yep. Uh, work is stressing me out. My my marriage is breaking up. Right. I, it could be any one of a number of right. things. doesn't mean you're suicidal. Exactly. But it, but it could mean you're, you're starting down that road? Yes, it definitely, like I said, a, a big change in personality or mood indicates um, is, a, is a warning sign for... Um, a lot of mental health conditions. And so it's something that as a loved one, if we were to observe that, that's something that we would want to address um, and and try to get that person into a professional just so they can be evaluated. All right, 428-9494. Gonna take a quick break when we come back. More with Jennifer Labrum from the Graham County Health Department right after this. Welcome back to Voice of the Valley in the Horn Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Studios. I'm Dave Bell. Jennifer Labrum with the Health Department is here. We're talking about suicide prevention, suicide um, awareness. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're aware of what suicide is, but I mean, the signs, I think, is right. better. Right. So, so let's say I've got a friend, a family member who is exhibiting some of the signs that we talked about, mm-hmm. much more stressful overreacting uh maybe they've even said gosh why do i even bother right you know which 
on its face is not a big deal. You know, you heck, I've done that at work a number of times. Why am I bothering with this? But that's different from why do I even bother with anything? Right. Um, what do we do? So the first thing that we do is we have to put on our brave face and just ask them directly um, the words, you know, are you thinking about suicide? We don't want to beat around the bush and say, well, you wouldn't really do anything to harm yourself or life's really not that bad. You're not. We just want to be direct and to the point. Are you thinking about suicide? And then depending on their answer or how you know, obviously if it's yes, we're going to take these next steps. But if they say no, but we just don't really in our gut feel that that's, you know, what they're really feeling, then the next step would be to not leave them alone, um, which can feel overwhelming and uh, like a big responsibility. And that shouldn't ever be something that one person um, carries. And so we want to get them as much help as we can. So either calling 988 or taking them to the emergency room um, so that you have help in keeping them safe because that shouldn't ever be one person's sole responsibility. It, I am my brother's keeper is, is basically what this comes down to. Mm-hmm. And things like counseling and going to doctor's appointments feel like, can, be, can feel like a burden. Yes. Anybody who's had a uh, senior citizen family member as they've aged, I promise you, yes, you feel guilty for feeling like there are days when you just don't want to do it, but it's natural and normal. It's a burden. It's not the burden you plan for. Right. But we kind of have to do that, don't we? Yes, absolutely. So, so keeping that person safe and getting them to help is really our, our biggest job. Once we get them to a safe place and with professionals, then they can be evaluated and, and services can be put into place. But especially with, with younger kids, I tell them, don't ever keep that a secret. Um, your friend may pro- promise that you won't tell anybody or I'll hate you if you do. And this is my life. I can do what I want. But it's not anything that you should keep secret. Um, if you see warning signs, um, but you're not sure and you don't want to bring it up because you think it might trigger them to think about that, there's a lot of research that actually shows it does not. By asking the question, it doesn't trigger them. You don't put them at any more risk of thinking about that or or completing suicide. Um, And so we really just have to be blunt. It can be you know, the most compassionate question you'll ever ask someone. Um, and it might be the most difficult. When I'm teaching in schools, I always have kids say it out loud. We say one, two, three, and then we all say it together. And I say, see, you've said the words now. So now when you really need to say them, hopefully it won't be as hard. Um, but we just have to ask the question. Is there, it's it's a Hollywood trope. Is there anything to, when we're dealing with somebody who's, overtly stressed or overtly manic mm-hmm. and then suddenly they're calm yeah is that a realistic indicator of oh my gosh something really is going to happen or is that hollywood just trying to visually show us something? no it really it really can be an indicator maybe they've been really down and depressed and hopeless and not able to really get out of the house or do much and then all of a sudden they have a little more energy so a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that they've made a 
a decision and they've made a plan and that can be that can be lifting the burden for them and that might be why their behavior changes and they look like they're doing better but really it's just because they've like come to a resolve and they've made a plan which we don't want exactly exactly if they have a plan that's even more concerning so uh you mentioned 988 yes that is the national suicide prevention hotline yes and it connects with um centers that are local so absolutely 988 you can call you can text you can get online and chat there are multiple ways that you can reach out now when you say local i'm assuming it feeds to phoenix or tucson here do they have somebody that they can contact locally to make physical contact with somebody. Yes. So locally, if there was a, an imminent threat or they really were worried about this person's safety, then they would contact law enforcement and have law enforcement okay. go out. All right. Just wasn't sure. I mean, because local in New York <laughs> is, you know, one of the five boroughs and you're probably around the corner from somebody locally here is two and a half hours away. Right. Right. So, no, they do. They do contact um, within the county. Okay. Um, I, you know, I hate to say it, we've got like a minute. We're out of time. It, it happens every time. <laughs> Is there anything else that people really, really need to know if they're concerned about a friend, a family member, a coworker? So again, the most important thing is to is to be upfront and ask that question, but to not be scared of the response. Yeah, I'd rather somebody hate me and be alive then uh, love me and they're gone tomorrow. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'll risk, I'll risk it. It's the worst thing that happened. I don't talk to you again, but you keep talking to other people. Exactly, exactly. I, I think I can take that. Yeah. Jennifer Labrum with the health department. Thank you so much. I appreciate it every single time you come in. And I know it was a busy day, so I really appreciate you making time. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you all for listening as well. I appreciate it every single day. I'm out of here for right now. But I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, you guys have a great day.